Good morning. It's lovely to be here. And yes, we're going to talk a little bit about fasting this morning from Isaiah 58. I too thought it was spring. I'm glad I ran back in and got a scarf. It's a little bit nippy as we see in our house. But we're here and we're together and we're a family and it's good to be in the house of God this morning. Right, so Isaiah 58. Isaiah was a prophet and at times he wasn't very popular because he had to confront the people and try to lead them back to the way of the Lord. Now God told Isaiah to go and talk to his people about fasting to address this false religious practice. Now, fasting in itself isn't false, but the way the people were going about it was false. He told Isaiah to go and talk to his people and bring them back to the proper way of fasting. Observing spiritual disciplines to gain God's blessing was wrong. We observe a spiritual discipline to be in the presence of God. We can't be saying, God, I'm going to fast while ignoring the oppressed, the poor, the broken, who are among us, who are among us today. And when we're in the presence of God, we see how God sees the world. He is moved by the lost. He is moved by the oppressed. He's moved by the broken. And I want to ask you today, are you moved by those things? By those things, are you moved by what moves the heart of God? Does it move your heart? The oppressed, the lonely, the broken, the orphan, and the widow, and many more people besides. God said to Isaiah, go to my people, shout it aloud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet. A trumpet or a ram's horn in the ancient times was used to call the people to battle or a special occasion. God wanted Isaiah to get the people's attention to go to God's people and let them know that the fasting that they were doing, that they were taking part in at this particular time was not pleasing to God. And we read in verse 3, and this is the people saying, Why have we fasted and you have not seen it? We have humbled ourselves before you and yet you have not noticed it. The people were observing the spiritual practice, but with a wrong heart. They were complaining and they were shouting to God, look at me, I'm fasting, I'm humble, and yet you haven't noticed me, God. They had not fasted to honour God. They had not fasted to draw near to God. They had fasted because they wanted God to see them and they wanted God to bless them. And we have to be careful that that's not why we fast. I think the act of fasting, a spiritual discipline, is right, and it's something I would encourage us to follow. But the act of fasting is designed for us to draw close to God. The New Testament fasting is a way of drawing closer to God, to focusing on his word, meditating on the holy word, to sit in his presence, not rushing away. When we are in the presence of God, we cannot help but be moved by what moves him. And again, it goes back to the lost, the oppressed, the lonely, the widow, the orphan, somebody who's hurt in our lives. At times we are hurt. And when we sit in the presence of God, God can minister to us. And it moves us to our own repentance as well. And again, I'd like to encourage you to fast in your own life. And it says in the word not to be somber while you fast. 
Now, many years ago, we had some teaching on fasting, and I was a new Christian. So when I left church on that Sunday, I thought, I'm going to give this a go. I thought, right, I'll fast because it draws you closer to God. I wanted to draw closer to God. I wanted to sit in his presence. I wanted to practice the spiritual disciplines. Yes. And I went home on the Sunday and I thought, I'm going to fast on Tuesday. Tuesday morning I got up and I got my little daughter ready and I was feeding her a breakfast. And I, was, there was a, I can remember as I was feeding her breakfast, you know, when you blow the breakfast, I, oh, don't put that near your lips, you're fasting. Oh, no, you, you, can't, you can't be eating, you're fasting. And then we went to our playgroup, and I met my best friend there. So she had her little, and I had my little, and sometimes at the playgroup, we'd do messy play. Sometimes we'd just do games. But this particular morning, together, we were making scones. So there we were in the playgroup, all making scones with the little ones, and then we put them in the oven, and then we sat around, and there was tea and coffee and eating our scones. But, you know, I was fasting. So I was saying, oh, no, it's all right. I don't want me. I'll take mine home. And my friend was saying, are you all right? What's wrong with you? I said, oh, I'm fine, absolutely fine. And then I knew the lady the running the playground. She went, are you okay? I said, oh, I'm fine. Yes, I'm very fine. Thank you. No, I'm very well. And then my friend says, are you sure you're okay? Because it's a big thing, if you know me well, that I don't eat anywhere, any place, any time. You know, I'm, I'm that type of girl who says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm full. Oh, go on then, you know. Do you want a little bit more cake? No, you know, I couldn't possibly have a third slice. Oh, well, go on then, go on. If, you, if, if it's going to waste, you know, and that's my little phrase in my head, if it's going to waste. So on this day, I had gorged in my head. I was fasting, so absolutely not. So my friend was saying, are you sure you're okay? Are you sure? Do you want to drink water? No, I, oh, no. Oh, no. You know, I'd be struck down if I have some water. No, I'm not. And in my head, I was keep saying, I'm fasting. I'm not going to do this. We'll go to the park on a Tuesday after the playgroup. So there was all little and We were sitting on the bench. The little ones were playing. And we took a packed lunch. The weather was fine. So she says, Yo, what's wrong with you? I says, there's nothing wrong with me. She says, well, you're not eating. You haven't had your scone. You're not drinking. And she says, I've got, because she used to bring a flask with coffee with cream and it was our treat. She says, I've got the coffee. I says, it's all right. I says, I said, look, I, I, I'm not eating just then. I said, and I said to her, I'm fasting. And she went, you're fasting? <gasps> Are you having an operation? I said, no, no. I said, I'm fasting because I'm getting closer to God. And she went, oh, right, oh. And she was so perplexed that we left the park early. And I said, oh, that didn't go down well. I must, I'll have to explain what fasting really means to her once I've been in the presence of God. I'll go and knock on her door. I'll have this luminous light around me, and I'll tell her this is fasting. That's what I had in my head. Well, on a Tuesday as well. My mum, when she was alive, every Tuesday, without fail, would come down with a pan of broth. Oh, yes, oh, and it wasn't any broth. I apologise to the vegetarians. It was a ham shank broth. Oh, it would boil all night and she'd make the broth the next day. And our little thing was, she'd open my door and shout, yoo and I'd shout, yoo and she'd come back in with the broth and she'd put it on the, the stove. She'd take the old pan and then I would dish it up. And sometimes she'd bring stotties with best butter or bread buns. Oh, well... Can you guess? It was a Tuesday, and I was fasting. So she come in, she shouted, yoo-hoo, and I thought, oh, it's me mum with a broth. So I thought, well, I'll just pretend. So anyway, gets in the kitchen, and she was saying, oh it's, oh, it's lovely, it's the best batch, it's the best batch. Oh, the smell, the aroma, oh, I can taste it now. 
And she was saying, do you want yours now? I says, oh, I'll, I'll have mine in a little bit. Little bit. Well, she stopped, because normally I'm burning my lips because I can't get it in fast enough. You know, when you're so good and you're blowing, you go, <laughs> and it's still hot, and it's like a burning cold down your throat, but it's lovely. Oh, it's gorgeous. I says, no, I'll have it later. She went, oh, when later? And she was putting it out, and then she was buttering the studies, and my stepdad, Dad John was there, my daughter was hopping because she used to love dipping it in and letting the butter melt off the study into the broth. And, oh, I said, I have it later. Uh, my mum, are you sure you're all right? Uh, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. I says, I'm okay. But by this time, I hadn't had a drink. I'd been up since seven o'clock. It was half past four. And I sounded like I'd swallowed a bear cub because my stomach was going, um, and my mum was saying, are you, are you sure you're all right? I says, I'm fine, I'm fine. She went, well, what's the matter with you? I says, there's nothing the matter with me. Well, why are you not eating? I'm not eating, just, uh, I'll have mine later. And so she said, well, we've brought studies. I says, well, I know I'll have it later. And then we started bickering and we started fighting. And I said, lucky, I'm fasting. She went, you're fasting? What are you fasting for? She says, is this one of them newfangled diets? I says, no, it's not a diet. I am drawn closer to God. She went, oh, is that what it is? And she says, well, I think you should have a bowl of broth because I don't think you mind because I kind of hear myself think. And my stomach was like, and I said, no, I'm not eating because I'm fasting. I'm drawn closer to God and I'm going to fast this day. So mum says, okay, well, all right, then you fast. Well, it's ridiculous. You've got a little girl here and you're fasting. Again, we started quarreling. And then my stepdad, John, he just said to us, do you think this is a good idea? He says, do you think this is wise? He says, you know, I'm not a religious person. He says, but you look ill. He says, you're pale as they are, your stomach's rumbling. He says, your mum's in tears. He says, and your, your daughter doesn't know what's going on. He says, do you think God's pleased with this? And I had to stop and think, and I thought, well, oh, oh no, I'd I expect he's not really, because by then I had the shakes, and I couldn't think of being close at the God or drawing close at the God. All I could think about was stotty and ham shank broth. Consequently, I had the broth, I sat down, and it's all about being wise and fasting with the right heart. As Terry spoke last week when I was listening to Terry's podcast, he said, we grow in wisdom. And fasting then and fasting now looks very, very different from, for me. And I have to say it in the verses, it says, it, it says, yeah, when we, when we say, on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and striking each other with wicked fists. I have to say, it ended with quarreling and strife with me and my man, but we didn't strike each other with wicked fists. Um, but we have to be wise about fasting. Jesus went into the desert, he went into the wilderness, and he fasted for 40 days and nights. And in Acts 13, 3, we see, after they had fasted and prayed together, they placed their hands on each other and sent them off. Now, fasting for me, I think it's about spending time in devotion and spending time with the Lord, the Lord God. And it, it opens us up to the presence of God and it opens us up to what he wants to say. And I think the practice of fasting, sometimes some of us can't give up food. We can't give up food because we're on medication, we are on tablets, or like me, sometimes it, it has an effect on me that's not good. And it says in the word not to be sunburned, you know, not to be outwardly, this is what I'm doing, I'm fasting. 
But I do think it's something that we should practice. And my friend, she can't fast from food, but she fasts from music and TV, and she'll have a day where she sets aside that day, where she sets aside to be in the presence of the Lord. She goes about a daily routine, she doesn't have her music on, and she'll set alarm on her phone, and she sits for a few minutes praying and praising God on her fasting days. But it's not from food, it's from TV. I don't know what you could fast from, but I would encourage us as a church, as a body of believers, to fast and to draw into the presence of God. To take time to focus on God, to focus on what he's saying to us and what he's saying to each and every one of us. The widow in Luke worshipped day and night and she fasted and prayed. And at the end of that, fasting and praying, God blessed her because she met the baby Jesus when Joseph and Mary brought him to the temple. Sometimes God, through fasting, does bless us and sometimes we're blessed just by being in the presence of God. St. Augustine, who was a monk, said, Fasting cleanses the soul. It raises the mind. It subjects one's flesh to the spirit. It removes the heart. It renders the heart humble and scatters the clouds. So that is a wonderful picture when you're sitting in the presence of God for the clouds to be scattered away, for your heart to be humble, and for God's presence to be all around you. I think fasting moves us into a realm of realizing the power of God can have in our lives. And it's a relationship with God we can have with God. And it's a two-way street to fast, to pray, to be in the presence of God. There's nothing like sitting in the presence of God. There's nothing like his presence being surrounded. And sometimes in my life, everything, everything has gone wrong. Week after week, things have gone wrong. Day after day, month after month. You know, in 2020, we had the worst year of our life that we could ever have. And in that year, we did take as a couple to fasting, to sitting in the presence of God, to gain strength, we didn't know why these things had happened. You know, I can oh, speak about my younger brother. We had prayed for him for years and years, and he passed away. And we were devastated. We were absolutely devastated. And then we went on to lose more people and friends in that year. And it was just a year of real heartache. It was a year of pain. It was a year that changed us as a church, I believe, it changed us as a family. It changed our way, how we see God as a couple. And I was really, really moved by the story Ter Terry told. I was moved to tears last week when he told the story of the young man who had broke his back. And he said, is God fair? And the young man said, well, God has all eternity to make it up to me. And when we focus our, our thoughts, our heart, our mind on eternity, the things of this world just fall away. And I would encourage you. That's what, for me, fasting and sitting in the presence of God, it encourages me, personally, myself, not to take things for granted, but also not to hold on to things too tight, not to hold on to the, the, the things of this world, the materials of this world, to worry about this world, to... Yes, we've got to be wise, we've got to work, we've got to pay our bills, but this world sometimes bombards us with things that we don't really need or we don't want or we think that we need them. And sitting in the presence of God, having those things that we thought we wanted, but then the clouds scatter and we're in God's presence. 
And God can sometimes just say, I am here. It says at the end of the verses in chapter 58, it says that, Then you will find your joy in the Lord. I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. And I think, you know, it's again, for me, it's a two-way street. You will find your joy in the Lord, even when you are broken, even when your heart hurts, even when I feel that sometimes you think to yourself, and I've thought these thoughts, I'm not sure what's happening. I'm not sure where God is. But when we go back to the beginning, we go back and we sit in his presence and we bask just in him and us in that relationship. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will appear and your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be at your rear God. Again, another wonderful picture. And it's all about a relationship. It's all about God and us and being together as a church family, but also being together with the relationship with God. And we are called, when we are born again of the Holy Spirit, when we have the Holy Spirit that indwells with us, we are called to be light bearers. We are called to take the light into the dark places. We are called through these verses and right the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament to take the love of God, to take the light, to be light bearers to the orphan, to the widow, to the lost, to the lonely, to the broken. And I know when I was broken, I know that some people in this church came and them were my light bearers. Them came to me and them ministered to me. They ministered to me with afternoon tea. They ministered to me with, I had soup. I had, had broth. Can you believe it? When I was broken, you know, the lovely woman Heather brought me broth and it was just, it was just wonderful. So let us be light bearers to each other. Let us be light bearers to this dark world. In Acts it says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling the people about me everywhere. Your light will rise in the darkness. That's what we are called to be. But again, I really believe we have to practice the spiritual disciplines, practice meeting together in church, fasting, praying, worshiping God, And we worship God, not for what we can get, but for what we can give. When we sit in the presence of God, it does bring us peace. A peace that can transcend all understanding. A peace that I have never known, but only sitting in his presence. So I would encourage you to do that today. And then we're called to call the Sabbath a delight to not forsake the Sabbath. Not, and in this world, again, you know, we're encouraged to go out shopping every single day of the week. When I was little, Sundays were about church, Sunday dinner, family, and that was it. If you ran out of something, you were lucky, very lucky, if there was a corner shop open. But it would only be open till two. So I can remember, you know, mum going to make the Yorkshire puddings then screaming, there's no eggs, and shouting, get your shoes on! You know, and you, you put them on, you just knew, and you belted up to the shop. And you got six eggs and you ran back. Whew. And then you had your Sunday dinner. I mean, you know, now the world has changed so much. Everything is open on a Sunday. Everything is open seven days a week and sometimes 24 hours, some shops. But I would just encourage you to try and keep a little bit of time for a Sunday to keep the Sabbath holy. 
I'd just like to read this last quote as the band come up. It says, God is not looking for more than a day. God is looking for more than a day. He's looking for a life lived in daily obedience. Renew, renew your mind and keep it free from the trappings of this world. A new day will dawn, a new phrase in life will begin, and your light will break forth. Let us be light bearers in this dark world. Let us be the people that care about the orphan, the oppressed, the injustice of this world. But let us be a people who care about each other in this church and each other's families and each other's friends. Let us take the light that we have inside of us to this dark world. Let me just pray for you. And I would encourage you this week, some point, sometime in this next coming week, to spend a little bit of time fasting from something in prayer with God and in his presence. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can meet you in freedom and fellowship. And Lord God, I just pray for your people that you will bring them closer to you. And I pray your blessing upon each and every one of us here in the building and online. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.